Die First, Then Quit. That's the name of my show because it fits me perfect. Not only is it a Navy SEAL training slogan, but it's also what I believe in personally because I'm going to keep talking until I die, which means I'll have to die first, then I'll quit talking because I'm going to keep talking. Anyway, today we're joined by Matthew Ho. Now, Matthew is a former Marine Corps company commander. He was a State Department official who resigned in 2009 over U.S. policies in Afghanistan. He's now a Green Party, yes, I repeat, a Green Party candidate running for the U.S. Senate in North Carolina. And I know personally that third-party candidates have difficulty getting publicity or anything, any t light shined upon them because of our two-party dictatorship. Matthew, you were a soldier. You're now a peace advocate like many of us former veterans. You're a staunch critic of U.S. foreign policy. What inspired you to now run for the U.S. Senate? Yeah, thanks for having me here, Governor. Uh, you know, what it is, is, is the people in my life. I mean, the experience of the wars, right? And no accountability for those wars. And those wars continue in one form or another, whether through proxy wars or through sanctions, right? I mean, that, that continual suffering of tens of millions overseas for really American profits and the megalomania of those in D.C. Uh, but here at home, it's the people in my life that are having to look at their bank account before they go to the doctor. You know, my neighbors who are losing their homes because corporations are coming in, buying the home and then jacking up the rent that they can't afford it. Right. I mean, it's those things I see in my life that things that are affecting my loved ones you know, and my neighbors. And that's what inspires everyone else who's part of our, our party down here, as well as the folks in our campaign, are the experiences of the people they love, the suffering they are enduring because of deliberate government decisions, deliberate government policies made by both of the corporate parties, Democrats and Republicans, over the last five decades or so. And it goes even farther back than that, of course, but we can just sure. see five decades just to kind of, you know, but it's it, so it's those things that inspire me to run. And that's why I'm here doing this. Well, you kind of hit my second question, too. What kind of community are you representing in North Carolina? Who are your constituents? Are they Democrats? Are they Republicans? Independents is a variety of both. Whom are you going to represent there in North Carolina? Right. The biggest uh, block of registered voters down here in North Carolina are the unaffiliated, the independents. But we also all know that that biggest block out there are non-voters. I mean, most elections, yeah. more people don't vote than do vote. Uh, we are also looking to go after the Dems and the Republicans who bounce back and forth, who are looking for help. I mean, I go back all the time to the in 2016 when 12 and a half million people who have either voted for Obama in 2012 uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In 2012, uh, eight and a half million people then voted for Trump in 2016 or didn't vote at all. Right. So, I mean, you have the, the, these people who are looking for help because of the circumstances of their lives. And so who we represent, we represent uh, the working families who have been the ones who have been victimized by, you know, policies by the government where everything is squeezed to the top. 
you know, whether it's through the tax codes or through union busting or through the financialization policies of Wall Street, all these policies have caused working class and now middle class people to be living paycheck to paycheck. Just another study a few weeks ago, uh, almost two thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And those are the people we represent. And that's why the Democratic Party and the Republican Party see us as threats, because we represent those people whose issues are dangers to the big money donors of the Democrats and Republicans. We represent a danger to the profits of the corporations and the banks. And that's why they fight so hard to keep campaigns like ours or other grassroots campaigns or independents off the ballot. Now, you're running as a Green Party candidate. I had a little association with the Green Party a little while ago, and I found them to be fractured greatly. Have they, have they fixed that? Is, is it still a fractured party? Because that's one of the things that disturbed me about it. You had two entities trying to control it. And if you're going to take on the Dems and Repubs, I can assure you, you can't do it with a fractured party. You have to be all on ready to go, all in the same direction, with the same idea in mind. And so I, I, you know, you're running as a Green Party candidate. Have you experienced, are they back united again? I've seen that to a degree uh, in different places. And, uh, you know, we're doing our best here in North Carolina to ignore that. And I've never been part of a political party before. The Green Party is the first party I ever joined. I've always been independent or unaffiliated. And so, you know, as a first time candidate, a lot of this is new to me. But yeah, I mean, I have seen that. And I hear that, you know, my friends who are libertarians, they'll say the same kind of thing. You hear that from people in the Democratic and the Republican Party at the local level, you know, I mean, so I, I think that's kind of the nature of organizations a lot of times, you know, but the stress of politics, the amount of adversarial uh, activity that goes on. And then the ability to split people because of that. Yeah, it is something we have to look at and say, look, we can't let this uh, uh, be a factor. This, this can't tear us apart because look right now, like my campaign with what we're up against, we're up against both the state of North Carolina, the state board of elections, because they chose not to certify us, right. even though we'll we collected that. Yeah, we're, yeah that. exactly. As well as the Democratic Party machine. We're just not fighting against the local Democrats down here. The Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee and the Elias Law Firm have come down here to fight us. So we got this two front fight that, yeah, we, as to your point, Governor, we have to be consolidated. Yeah, why didn't you be a Democrat or Republican? You'd have a better chance to win if you joined one of the parties. You, you didn't want to join them because you feel you're selling your soul like myself? Yeah, to, to a great degree. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, a lot of this is principles-based. And, uh, you know, how can I look at any of the people I knew in Iraq or Afghanistan that were victimized by wars, people I still know, people who I love here at home, who you know, are, are suffering because of the policies of these two parties, you know, like people, I, people, I love people, 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 I, I, I have my life who, who can't afford to go to the doctor. Right. I mean, like, right. I mean, like, how can I then say, well, I'm going to work with these guys because it'll be good for me because this will be a way for me to advance. Oh, and then don't worry when I get to the top though, then I'll take care of all your stuff. That's complete bullshit. And we know that, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's the crap that kept me in the Marine Corps and the state department for way too long. Kept me go, went, had me go to war three times. Those times with excuses and those lies that we tell ourselves. So yeah. I'm past that. I've learned that mistake. That was a huge moral failing on my part. The other part governor is that if you don't believe in the system, if you believe, as I do, that the two-party system is corrupt, undemocratic, and harmful, why contribute to it? Yeah. Why continue to, to perpetrate 
this deadly status quo because it is deadly for so many people. You know, why not seek to fix it? Right. And that's what we we, we do uh, or trying to do here. And that's why I'm happy to say, look, we're not spoilers. We're disruptors. Yep. Well, the, the thing to remember, too, and I'll tell you this, Matt, remember this. Third parties can carry the agenda. Yes. Because the two parties want to eliminate the third party. So if whatever brings the third party into the race, the other two parties will then concentrate on that very thing because they want to show the people look we can take care of this problem you don't need a third party to do it that's correct so the third party even though we're not successful very often we do help carry the agenda to the other two parties now recently the north carolina board of elections denied to recognize the north carolina green party as an official party vote and they voted it down three to two. Why did they deny you and the Green Party ballot access? What was the excuse? The excuse was because there were irregularities on the signatures we collected, and there's always irregularities when you're doing the petitioning process, you know, just to take a step back. Anywhere in this country, the rule of thumb is basically if you collect four signatures, only three are going to count. And a lot of times it's even less than that, 65 or 70%, you know, of, so you have to collect many more signatures than you're required because people will just write the wrong address down or they'll write in Mickey Mouse because they think it's funny or whatever. I mean, you'll experience things like that. So this is common. Um, We needed 13,865 verified signatures to get on the ballot. We collected more than 22,500 signatures. Of those, almost 16,000, 15,953 signatures were verified by the county boards of election. We turned those signatures, those verified signatures into the state to be certified. The state uh, held on to them for 30 days. And there was a July 1st deadline that not only did we have to be certified by July 1st, but we also had to hold a nominating convention. We had to have our folks register as Green Party members. And then our candidates had to go to go and file. So you could see already that the state was acting in bad faith because they held the certification meeting on June 30th. So even if they had certified us, they were only giving us a day, not even a full day, to get all those other things done in order to be on the ballot. So there's bad faith from the get-go here. But they had the signatures for 30 days. They said, look, there are 200 signatures that have irregularities. And these 200 signatures were signatures that had never been verified. These are signatures that the county had, counties had said, these aren't valid, they don't count. But the state took those and said, well, there's problems here. So they spent 30 days investigating them, came up with really nothing, no, no findings of the investigation that they shared with us. And then they said, because there are these issues, there could be more. And because there could be more, we need more time to investigate. But, to, but since tomorrow is the deadline, we can't certify. Right? I mean, like... The, the, Matthew, the, the, I, Matthew, I'm only laughing because it sounds like the same thing being said about uh, stealing the election. It is. It it sounds like the same scenario. Well, we have no proof, but we have a lot of theories here, and the theories alone should be good enough to carry you without any proof. That's exactly right. This is no different than what Giuliani and those courts did throughout the country where state, all those courts threw those all out. It's the same argument. And when our attorney tried to say during this meeting, our attorney was allowed to ask one question during the whole certification meeting, right? So that shows you the level of due process was here. Uh, asked, the, asked the question, um, do any of your concerns apply to the 15,953 verified signatures we have that are 2,100 over more or 2,100 more than we need? 
The state board of elections refused to answer. And then when he tried to follow up, uh, he was uh, shouted down and had his microphone muted. Um, oh, and that was man. the end of it. And then they yeah. voted uh, three to two with three Democrats versus two Republicans, completely uh, so brazenly partisan. And I want to say this, too. It's like I know that if we were in there as a conservative party, right, that if I was that it would have been reversed. The partisanship would have still been there. The Republicans would have been against us, the Democrats for us. And that's why we keep coming back to it's not just one particular party. It's the entire system. And they are both parties of war on Wall Street. They're beholden to money. And they both have sold out working class and middle class Americans for decades now and are not going to do anything about it unless we force them to do something about it. Now, you also allege that this powerful law firm, this Elias Law Group and Democratic Party operatives, that they've been intimidating Green Party supporters in North Carolina. What are these guys allegedly doing? So this is Mark Elias's law firm. If you don't know who Mark Elias is, look him up. He is arguably the most prominent Democratic attorney in the country. His law firm came down here at the behest of the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, the DSCC from Washington. So they went straight to the top on this. Um, they, they collected the petition records from the state. They then started calling people who had signed a petition and saying, can you remove your name from the petition? You, you know, saying Greens are good for Republicans, abortions in the balance. You don't want to be the one who is the reason why we don't win in November and abortion goes away because you signed this petition for the Green Party. Then they started calling people and saying that we're with the Green Party. So this is the Green Party calling. Can you take your name off the petition? And we have this on audio. I mean, it, it's mind boggling, but it, that's exactly what they did. Other times we were told they called saying they're a state board of elections. Other times they refused to say who they were. Matthew, some, isn't this against the law? I believe it should be. I mean, the, the crazy thing is we're the ones being accused of fraud and there's no evidence. And meanwhile, the ones who are committing fraud are out there doing it with the cooperation of the state, probably, because the state gave them these petitions to do this, right? I mean, be one thing if they were just, oh, we're just calling to check the integrity of the petition to make sure people really did sign. No, it's a whole, you know, so what they do is they, 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 they harass people. They call them multiple times a day. I mean, one person showed me a screenshot where his wife was called four times in three and a half hours by them. They uh, text people. Um, they've been showing up at people's homes. Can you report this to anyone? Can these people report it? It has been reported. And so as far but as I suppose know, you're preaching to the choir, the people you're reporting it to are the ones probably doing it. Well, there, there's that connection between the state board of elections, which is partisan run, Governor Cooper's office, the Elias law firm, the Democratic senator. I mean, it's, they're all connected. Go back to Carlin. Right. Right. Governor. It's one big it's a big club and you ain't in it. And you uh, ain't in it. There you the go. Thing about it. Right. Is that we were out there. We talked to tens of thousands of people. Right. Again, collected twenty two thousand five hundred signatures, talked to probably at least 50,000 people. No one ever filed a complaint against us. No one ever called one of North Carolina's counties or the state board of elections said, these guys are out here doing something shady. Meanwhile, people are calling in and reporting the Elias law firm and complaining about them. And, you know, so we'll see if the state actually does anything about that. I'm not very uh, optimistic they will. Now, Matthew, why do you believe your campaign is such a threat to the Democrats this midterm? And will you be able to get ballot access in time for November's election? Yeah, we're a threat. Again, it's not me. It's not the Green Party per se. It's two things. One, that our people went out there and met a huge wave of enthusiasm for this. 
I mean, we, we, we crushed the amount of signatures that we needed. Our people were organized. They put together a great operation and they executed it. And that scares the Democrats and the Republicans by extension because they see the distaste that people have for our present political system. They, they, they see that people are ready to actually act upon that. Uh, the other side of that is kind of what I, I alluded to earlier, that we represent people who otherwise are not going to be represented on the ballot. We represent working families and now the middle class because these are the people who are being squeezed by the bipartisan policies of the Democrats and Republicans. Again, the parties of war and Wall Street. So, I mean, what we represent then is that threat that these issues like single payer health care, affordable housing and annualized living wage, real action on the climate, an end to the war on drugs, all and, these and, wait, and don't forget Jesse Ventura's maximum wage. <laughs> yeah. I Hell mean, with the minimum wage. What we need is a maximum wage. And I've already picked it out. If you can't survive on a million dollars a month, meaning 12 million a year, something is really wrong with you. What would you want for if you made a million a month? And, and you were going to make that for years to come, million dollars a month. I think we should have a maximum wage of $12 million a year. Nobody can make more money than that. And my argument's this, Matt. The two hardest jobs I've had in my life physically paid me the least money. Right. And that was when I got out of high school and I ran the jackhammer for the highway department of the, of the Minnesota, 10 hours a day on a jackhammer. And, I, and, and then my second job was when I went through Bud's training, basic underwater demolition seal training, and I was making $124 a month, $62 every two weeks. Now, you can't tell me a billionaire worked harder than I did on the jackhammer or than I did going through Bud's training. And yet, they're saying that they work and deserve more money than a million dollars a month? You can't justify that to me, that anyone works hard enough that they earn, deserve more than $12 million a year. I agree. I agree. And you now, that may be socialist. People might call me a communist for saying that. I don't know. But it seems to me, if you can't survive, I, I say this laughingly now, if you can't survive on a million dollars a month, you should be hung by the neck till death. <laughs> <laughs> we should I mean, bring back hanging. <laughs> our folks are, look, you know, Governor, if, if you make- And that was a joke. I got to say that, Matt, otherwise I'll get railed for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if you make 20 bucks an hour, you know, which is considered like a good wage and which yeah. certainly in North Carolina, which is 725 an hour for minimum wage, like you're not getting anywhere on that. You, just on health care alone, like the cheapest health care program you can buy because $20 an hour, you're well above Medicaid. Sure. You're, you're looking at spending a third of your income on health care because basically you're looking at a 250 bucks a month for a health care plan plus an $8,000 deductible. You know, if you're making 20 bucks an hour, you're spending at least half a day's pay, maybe closer to a day's pay for gasoline now. I, I just went through it myself. I lost my job at RT, Russian yeah. television, because of the war and what happened. Uh, I lost my health care. I'm on blood thinners. When I went to get my health care now, you know how much my blood thinners cost me? 500 bucks. I oh, yeah. Yeah. $500 to get blood thinners. You got to be kidding me. They can make these things, I bet, for less than $10, $15. You ain't telling me 
it costs that kind of money to produce these little pills that you take once a day to thin your blood out. No, but if you need it. Yeah, well, I'll die. If I don't get it, I risk death. But how do they justify five, before it was 25 bucks out of my pocket? Now it's 500. How is that justified? It's justified because the companies that make that money control the politicians. Exactly. And they force you to buy the insurance to get the price to drop. So it shows clearly the health people are not running the health industry. The insurance companies are running our health care today. And that's what we need you for. Now I'm on the campaign roll. There we go. That's what we need you for, Matt, to get you elected so we can change this bullshit. Anyway, last and final question. Here we go. And this is the big one for you. Why should they vote for you, Matt? Here's why. Because I am not a part of the system. And I've never been a part of the system. I've turned my back on it. Look, if I had wanted to continue with that, I would have stayed in the State Department. I would have stayed in the Marine Corps. I would have stayed at the think tank. I would have be driving around to meetings in D.C. right now, going to steakhouses and riding in black SUVs. If I wanted that, I would have done it. If I wanted, I would have run as a Democrat. You know, but that's not what I'm doing this for. I'm doing this because I love people who are suffering because our government has been captured by the banks and the corporations. It's composed of crooks and psychopaths. And we are approaching a point where it's going to collapse. It's going to collapse. So just stay on the healthcare stuff, Governor. We just had a study that came out that said one in four North Carolina adults are in collections for medical debt collections that's not don't even worry about the morality of that the justice of that anything else just how economically sustainable is that when you're in your society when one in four adults are in collections for medical debt how is that not going to completely crater and that doesn't even get into the climate collapse that's coming or that's and that's underway and is really coming i mean so if you want someone who's going to fight for working people fight for the middle class who has in the past already fought against these crooks and psychopaths and who won't get bought off. Not get bought. Look, Governor, I can pledge this. I, I don't belong to anyone. I'll never belong to anyone. I go to Congress. There is no way they're getting their $15 billion aircraft carriers, especially when our people don't have health care. There's no way they're getting their $2 billion bomber planes when our people don't have affordable housing. I mean, it's that. Matthew, I'll state this unequivocally. If I were a citizen of North Carolina, you got my vote. And I will urge everybody, if, if they follow Jesse Ventura, to vote for Matthew. Senate, you need to be there. We've got to get people like you there or the country's going to die. Thank you, Governor. I appreciate that. Matthew, appreciate it. We'll have you on again as the election gets closer. Remember, you got a friend in me. If you need campaign, come to me. We'll get the word out. Absolutely, I will. I will. And thank you for everything you guys are doing. This, this podcast set up, this, your new uh, Substack. Fantastic. Really like it, Governor. Thank you, Matt. Have a great weekend. All right. You as well.